The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. Welcome to another episode of Parking the Bus here on the PTB Media Network. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and today we're talking South American football once again. One of my favorite topics to talk about. One of my favorite competitions takes the key focus in this episode. It is, of course, the Comnebol Copa Libertadores. The group stage is complete. We now know the 16 teams that will advance to the knockout stage. And we now know the tournament bracket in the knockout stage. One thing I like, and I had some conversations with you guys this week about it on Twitter, what I like about the Copa Libertadores. And I've come around to liking this. I didn't used to like this that much, but I do like it. The fact that we know the entire bracket now from here until we get to the final at the Centenario in Montevideo on November the 21st. We know who's going to play who. We know which matchups are going to lead to what. And we know exactly, exactly who stands in the way of the defending champion Palmeiras, the champions from the year before Flamengo. We know... We know that River Plate and Boca Juniors are on a crash course for each other in the quarterfinals, and only their round of 16 opponents stand in the way of that monstrous, monstrous two-legged tie that, that everybody is foaming at the mouth waiting for in the quarterfinals. That's right, we know. We know how difficult it's going to be for maybe the darlings of the group stage. I'm talking about Barcelona, the Guayanquil of Ecuador. They were one of the pleasant surprises of the group stage, and their road to the final is not easy. It's not much of a reward for their success. All right, so we're gonna talk about all that here in the next hour or so, and we we will finish off, of course, talking about the Copa Sudamericana as well. Okay, the group stage is complete there. We know the eight teams that advance, and we know the eight teams that are dropping from Copa Libertadores into Copa Sudamericana. And the road to the final there is also mapped out, so we're going to hit all of that tonight. And we're going to, we're gonna, well, I'll, I'll give you my key stories uh, of this group stage. Of course, I know I had said in the past I would have the power rankings done, but... Folks, the math is insane. I gave myself a task that was larger than I had any any understanding of. 
Um, I thought I created a great mathematical formula to rank the teams, and I think I did. The problem was all of the, the calculations that needed to be done and my poor skills with computing. So doing it on paper and then transferring it from paper to a database and my terrible, terrible Excel skills, and I broke the Excel formula. And it's just in a rut right now, but I will be working on that. So that is one of my key, key assignments for myself after Euro 2020 before this uh, the round of 16 in these two competitions kicks off. I want to finish those rankings going into the round of 16, into the second half of the calendar year. And that is when everything heats up in the Southern Hemisphere, when it heats up. Well, actually, the weather cools off. It doesn't really heat up. But that's when the action heats up in South America, Brazil, Argentina, uh, Uruguay, Colombia, um, you know, Chile, Peru, Ecuador. All of those countries, everything starts to build to a crescendo at the end of the year. I love the South American calendar because it follows the human calendar or the Julian calendar. Um that we follow that we follow today you know um and actually we don't follow the julian calendar we follow the gregorian calendar but that shows you where my brain is at right now on this thursday night here on the east coast of the united states going out to the entire world uh hello to everybody listening everywhere i'm gonna take a quick quick break okay just just to pay a bill here and then on the other side, we'll get right into it, starting, as always, with Group A. This is the Parking the Bus Podcast, Episode 39. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at PTB underscore media. And don't forget to check out our homepage, www.parkingthebusmedia.com. And on www.parkingthebusmedia.com, in eight days... In eight days, nightly episodes will post. They will stream on that platform in eight days when we kick off Euro 2020 here on the PTB Media Network. I cannot wait. I am getting I am getting antsy because it is drawing closer and closer. All right. We will be right back here on Parking the Bus. UEFA Euro 2020. This summer, here on the Park in the Bus podcast. And welcome back to Parking the Bus episode 39. And you're probably hearing Beethoven's Ode to Joy in the background. Which by now you know means one thing that we're talking Copa Libertadores as said in the opening segment. Before we go to the Copa Libertadores though, I do have some South American football related news to relay to you. Um, I know I have talked a lot about Euro 2020 this summer, but let's not forget some of you have asked me and I have not forgotten and yes, there will be content around this competition as well that's right Copa America is taking place this summer June the 13th to July the 10th in South America 10 teams competing all from South America this time no guest nations 
from outside of the Confederation. And the big news about Copa America, which interestingly, Comnibal, unlike UEFA, did not maintain the, the Copa America 2020 branding. No, no. They, they renamed it Copa America 2021. Of course, Copa America it does not follow the quadriennial uh, schedule necessarily as they they have had Copa Americas pop up sometimes every two years. They've had them pop up between three years. They've had them pop up four. Years. So it's it's an inconsistent um, it's an inconsistent schedule as to when Copa Americas pop up. Of course, this one was scheduled last summer, and the plan going forward is for it to now be a quadrennial every four year competition. It will always line up on the same summer as or summer for us here in the northern hemisphere winter down in south america but for the same june month as your the euro every single year but um for those of us that live here in north america in the northern hemisphere it's fantastic because we got european football during the day and south american football at night that is just Perfect for a football junkie like me. Uh, if only I didn't have to go to work. If only I didn't have a job that I had to do every day. I could literally watch football from morning until night. Uh, that would be the dream come true. You know, uh, the people who get to cover this sport for a living as opposed to for fun as I do. Uh, they get to do that and that is their work. And um, to me, that is the American dream to do what you love and obviously very happy for anyone who gets to do that. But here is the news regarding Copa America 2021. The original plan was for it to be hosted in two locations. It was going to be a co-hosting situation with Colombia and Argentina hosting the the competition. Half One group in Argentina, one group in Colombia. However... A couple of things have happened, and as you know, the the world has just been a crazy place the last 15 months, and right now in South America, it's much different than it is here in North America, because here in North America, we're looking like we are getting somewhat back to normal. In fact, I got the message or the email today from my corporate boss, if you will, that one of my companies that I work for is returning to normal operations July the 6th, which means I have to go back to the office most most likely and I'm not looking forward to that uh, and especially on the week of the semifinals of of both the Copa America and the Euro 2020 but things here are looking like normalcy is around the corner whereas in South America it's a different reality unfortunately so uh, COVID is still I hope I don't get flagged for using that word Please do not flag this podcast, okay, big brother? Do not flag this con this this podcast for missing context or anything like that. <laughs> um, it is still running rampant, high high level of cases in South America. We could debate all day as to why. Um, the fact of the matter is the Copa Libertadores had to first be pulled out of Colombia due to civil unrest, okay, amidst ongoing protests against the Colombian president, Ivan Duque Marquez. Um, that was announced on the 20th of May of 2021 that Colombia was removed. And then 10 days later, May the 30th, Argentina withdrew their, their hosting rights. 
withdrew from hosting due to surging COVID-19 cases. And the following day, Comnebol announced that Brazil will host the tournament. This made people's heads spin because, well, the situation isn't really all that much better in Brazil. Uh, we're still playing with empty stadiums in Brazil. You know, you still have surges. However, again, much like everywhere in the world, governments can certainly be bought by football confederations. If anything has been proven in the last 15 months, it is that governments are are up for doing business and they will bend rules to make money. There is no question about that. Uh, obviously, money has to have been ch- exchanged under the table in this decision. But anyhow, it is moved from Argentina to Brazil and it is now going to be hosted in five stadiums across four Brazilian cities. The Estadio Nilton Santos, or the Ingenão, as it is known in Brazil. The Also, it was the Olympic Stadium during the 2016 Summer Olympics. Uh, that is one of the, ho- the host locations. A stadium that has a capacity of 46,000. But as far as I understand, these stadiums will remain uh, behind closed doors. These matches will be played behind closed doors. I don't believe there will be any public in the will be any public in the stadium um, due to the ongoing the ongoing situation. And it had many people in the in the football media here in the United States, both on the English and the Spanish side. Because if you're not from the United States, okay, we have two sets of media in this country. We are really the United States really is a bilingual nation at this point. We have English media and we have Spanish media. Uh, big networks like ESPN and NBC have both. English and Spanish properties. Um, Univision, one of the biggest networks in America, is a Spanish language network. Has some of the highest television ratings on television in the United States. They were reporting and they were speculating that the tournament was going to be moved to the United States of America. Off of the South American continent once again. uh, As Comnibal did in 2016 for the Centennial the Copa America Centenario, as they held it up here. And it was insanely successful playing across the United States in NFL stadiums. Um, and the reality is, in the United States, they would be able to have pretty decent crowds at these matches. But that was not the decision they made. Or perhaps they just didn't have enough time for the logistics to to be done. And... Uh, they opted for Brazil instead. So the Estadio Nilton Santos uh, is one in, in Rio de Janeiro. Also, the Estadio Nacional Mané Garincha in Brasilia will host the opening match. While the Arena Pantanal in Cuiaba, Cuiaba, sorry, Cuiaba is how you pronounce it. They, uh, they will host matches there as well as the Estadio Olímpico in uh, Goiânia. Okay, so and that is the smallest stadium of the full, of the five. Uh the fifth stadium is of course uh, the mythical Estadio do Maracanã in Rio de Janeiro. That stadium will only host the final, I believe. I'll double check that right now and make sure that that is in fact the case. And yes, that is in fact the case. The Maracanã hosts only the final. 
Um, the Brazilian League will also continue to play through this Copa America, unlike in 2019 when the Copa America last was played in Brazil. So very, very different situation. But yes, I will be covering it at some length. Um, I'm not going to be doing daily episodes, unfortunately. It's just physically impossible. It's probably impossible. Um, it's, I, I'm hoping it's not, but it, I'm nervous that it's it's even going to be incredibly difficult to to put out daily episodes for the 2020, the Euro 2020. So to put out episodes for the Copa America as well is absolutely impossible. Um, I wish I had more people working with me. I really do. I wish I had the budget to hire somebody to do that, but that is not where the PTB Media Network is at this time in its existence. So uh, there will be episodes. I'm not sure when. I'm not sure what type of, of recording schedule I'm going to set up for the Copa America. Also, there are South American World Cup qualifiers going on as we speak. So there is a window right now being played. And I will have a Parking the Bus episode uh, reviewing those results in those matches in in the next week or so uh, when they are complete I can we'll look at them and see where everything stands in terms of World Cup qualifying in South America alright without further ado it has been a bit so let's move on to what you're here for let's move on to Copa Libertadores and the Group A is where we will start of course the last time we spoke uh, on, on this subject, the last episode covering this, we had completed match day four. So in match day five, in Group A, on the 18th of May, 2021, Palmeiras hosted Defensa e Justicia at the Allianz Park in São Paulo. And this is a matchup between the defending Copa Libertadores champions and the Copa Sudamericana champions. Uh, remember, they played two legs in the in the Recopa Sudamericana or the Recopa Comunipol earlier this year. Defensa Justicia winning that trophy on penalty kicks after two legs, and the first the first group stage match they met each other as well, or I should say in in match day two, match day three, excuse me, they met each other as well. Palmeiras going to Argentina to to Florencio, Florencio Barella that night and winning on the road. Well, the favor was repaid here in match day five. Palmeiras at home, beaten 4-3 to three by the Argentine side. What a night for striker Walter Bo. He gets the scoring started in the ninth minute. Walter Bo, the tournament's top scorer at the moment. And uh, Zé Rafael would, would level for... The Verdun two minutes later, but in the 27th, it was Walter Bo again making it 2-1 to the visitors. William leveled again for the Brazilian side for the defending Copa Libertadores champions in the 35th. They go to halftime all squared at 2. In the second half, it is Rodriguez for Defensa Justicia with a 52, 52nd minute goal. Once again, Palmeiras level in the 75th. It is from the foot of Gustavo Scarpa. And it looked like everything was headed for a share of the spoils. It looked like it looked like Palmeiras were going to hold on for the draw. But then in the 90th plus 4 at the death, Brian Romero of Defensa Justicia settles the match. 
the player who is on loan from Independiente makes the difference. Interestingly enough, Defensa Justicia, Defensa y Justicia, excuse me, relying here on on loan players, Walter Bow on loan from Boca Juniors and <laughs> Brian Romero on loan from Independiente. They make the difference. It is four to three on the road. Big win for the Argentine side. They pretty much solidify their their future in the round of 16 with this result. Big win. Like I said, it's an upset in the the stadium of the champions. And it is Defensa in E. Justicia returning to Argentina with the three points. Later, or at the same time, uh, running concurrently in the Estadio Monumental in Lima. It is Universitario hosting Independiente del Valle. And another match that was close and went down to the wire. And it would be the visitors from Ecuador, Independiente del Valle, getting on the board first. Jan Sanchez with the goal in the eighth minute. However, Alex Valera would level in the 20th. And then Valera would double his tally and put Universitario in the lead in the 48th minute. In the 59th, Independiente del Valle would draw level again. Cristian Ortiz, one of the stars of the team. 59th minute equalizer for the Argentine. And it's 2-2. And Independiente del Valle, knowing defense in Justicia's result, uh, knew they had to get the three points. They pushed forward. But in the end, it is... Universitario by way of Nelinho Kina, who scores in the 72nd minute. A goal that set my friend Nino Torres into a frenzy on Twitter. Was he excited or what? The the Gold TV commentator, uh, excellent Gold TV commentator, Peruvian football fan, was sent to ecstasy as Universitario steal three points from Independiente de Laje. And it is a somewhat of an upset there in the Monumental in Lima, which takes us to match day six now. Palmeiras at home to Universitario. And just in case the Peruvians had any kind of fantasies, it was the champions. Palmeiras putting everything back in perspective. They went 6-0 on their home pitch on the final match day. Vina, Zerafael, Gomez, William, and Ronnie with the goals. Ronnie picking up a double. 6-0. Palmeiras win the group. Defense Justicia hosting Independiente del Valle in a game where the Ecuadorians needed to win. They knew they needed to win. Um, they... Well, they, they would have had to win by three goals in order to advance to the round of 16. I think the goal for Renato uh, Paiva and his staff at Independiente del Valle became to to sew up third place and move into the Copa Sudamericana. And in the 11th minute, Joffre, Joffre Escobar got them started on the right path. It's 1-0 to the Ecuadorian side. But then 25 minutes later, in the 36th minute, it was this guy again, Brian Ezequiel Romero, with the goal, the equalizer in the 36th. The match would finish 1-1. And Defensa Justicia 
already through at least they they had already guaranteed co- continuation in south in continental competitions but with that result sewing up their spot in the round of 16 let's move to a group b then match a day uh, five and we're going to san cristobal venezuela to get started deportivo tashira would take on always ready of bolivia and this game, this looks like a hockey score. Absolutely looks like a score you'd see in an ice hockey match in the NHL in North America. It is Deportivo Tashira 7, always ready. Two goals from Gondola, Kobach, Cachon, Gomez, Covea, and Angarita for the Venezuelan side. Well, Vieira and Mosquera added goals for the Bolivians. 7-2 to two for the Venezuelans, keeping their hopes alive for progression in this competition and going on earlier that or the next night I should say in the Estadio Manuel Ferreira in Asuncion it is Olympia hosting the Brazilian side Internacional and it is the Colorado going in as visitors into Asuncion and stealing the three points in the 83rd minute from the goal by Yuri Alberto and Internacional take three points from the match with them back to Brazil in match day six these two matches both being played on the 26th of May first it was Olympia hosting Deportivo Tachira the Venezuelans need this was exciting the Venezuelans needed to They needed, I believe, a result. I'm trying to. This was a while ago. I'm trying to remember now. They needed to score. Um, they needed to sc- at least score three. So they needed to lose by three or less. Okay, and they needed to score goals. So the way this this broke down is the goal difference was the difference. Okay, and if all three teams finish drawn with, and by three I'm talking about Olympia, Deportivo, Tashira, and Always Ready. Um, so we need to talk about Always Ready also playing against Internacional one hour later. And all three teams had a chance for second place in this one. Um, fast forward to the end of the night and Always Ready and Internacional draw nil-nil. So that leaves this match, which was going on before it, to decide second and third place. So both teams finish on nine points, okay? Olympia win. However, Deportivo Tashira needed to win on goal difference, okay? And they went back and forth as to who had the lead in the goal difference. And the match, this I can't even verbally uh, recapture the magic that was this match because this thing went back and forth. Uh, Olympia were ahead, and they went ahead in the 25th minute. It was uh, Richard Ortiz who scored in the 25th, and then Hugo Quintana made it 2-0 in the 31st. A penalty from Derlis Gonzalez in the 56th made it 3-0. That was Olympia needed to win by 3 to advance. And at that point, Olympia are advancing. But this is what I love about South American football. You can never predict these results. They don't go according to plan. You can't plan it out on paper. In the 61st minute for the Venezuelan side, Lucas Trejo 
the Argentine striker would draw one back and make it 3-1. to one. And with that scoreline, it is Deportivo Tashira moving on as they would have a one-goal better goal difference than the Paraguayan side. That lasted for eight minutes. And then in the 69th, it is Isidro Pita scoring for Olympia, making it 4-1. to one. And then in the 71st, Varela has an own goal into his own into his own goal, obviously. And it's six to one to Olympia. Now Deportivo Tashira need two goals. They get one back in the 76th to make it six to two. And they push and they push and they push to the end of the match, looking for that third goal that would have made it six to three had that goal gone in. Okay, it would have finished, both teams would have finished level at negative two in the goal difference, level on nine points, and Deportivo Tashira would have advanced because they would have had they would have had two more goals scored than did Olympia. However, they were unable to get that third goal. When the referee blew his whistle, the Olympia players and staff mobbed the pitch, the artificial pitch in, in Asuncion, and it was a glorious night for the side from Asuncion, um, Paraguay, as they would advance to the round of 16. Tough night for Deportivo Tashira, trying to make history and something that happens so rarely, which is a Venezuelan side getting into the round of 16. They're going to have to uh, settle for the, the Copa Sudamericana now. So... That finishes Group B. In Group C, we talked about in the earlier segment about the fantastic run of Barcelona Guayanquil in this competition. Match day three, match day five, excuse me, was no different. But it got started in La Paz, Bolivia, Estadio Hernando Siles, and it is the strongest winning two to one at home over last year's finalist Santos. Goals from Reynoso and Willier in the 16th and 23rd. Felipe Jonathan would pull one back for Santos in the 64th, but it wouldn't be enough. The Bolivians pick up a big victory. And two days later at La Bombonera, Barcelona Guajanquil would visit the Argentine Giants and they would leave Buenos Aires with a point to share the spoils. Nil-nil the final result in that one. Leaving it to match day 6. Again, La Bombonera on the 26th of May. Boca Juniors facing the strongest. And Almendra, Villa and Valverde. An own goal from Valverde, that is. Would send Boca Juniors to the round of 16 with a 3-0 victory over the strongest. Meanwhile, in Guayanquil, the Ecuadorian side Barcelona would take care of the defending uh, finalists. Barcelona, Guayanquil 3, Santos 1 goals for Barcelona from Damian Diaz. He had 2 in the 15th and 54th, while Gian Carlos Montaño added one in the 77th. Caillou George would pull one for Santos in the 45th plus two. But it is Santos, the last year's finalist, falling 
to the Copa Sudamericana as they finish with the same number of points as the strongest, but with a far better goal difference. Group D, it features another Argentinian super club, River Plate, as well as Fluminense, Santa Fe, and Junior Barranquilla. So we start match day five, the 18th of May. Fluminense hosting Junior at the Stadio Maracana. And it was a shock result, actually, as the Colombian side traveled to Rio de Janeiro and beat the Tricolor. That's right, Junior Barranquilla win 2-1 to one on the road. They get goals from Valencia and Cetre while Fluminense get a goal from Hernandez uh, one night later in the Monumental in Buenos Aires. It is the 2019 champions, River Plate, sorry, 2018 champions, River Plate hosting Santa Fe, and it is Los Millonarios taking care of business. And it is 2-1 to one to the Argentine side. Angelieri and Alvarez with goals in the 3rd and 6th minute. And then that's all that there would be in that one. Of course, this was the famous match. I do need to, because it was a while ago. But this was the famous match in which River Plate dressed only 11 players. As a absolute surge of COVID ran through this club. 25 players and staff infected. Only 11 players eligible to play. Only 11 negative tests. And the wor- the craziest of all is River Plate forced to put midfielder Enzo Perez, who is injured in goal for this match. And the guy who is about my height, which is not tall, and who is not a goalkeeper, managed to pick up a win as a goalkeeper. What does that say about Santa Fe? Uh, They should not have even returned to Colombia after this match. They should have just all resigned when they travel to face a team with no substitutes, a team with no goalkeeper, and somehow River Plate get the three points to lock up their spot in the round of 16, despite all of the missing players. And it was a historic night and a memorable night for Enzo Perez. Despite being injured, he managed to make a couple of saves. Um, He also played very simple. He stayed in the goal. Santa Fe did not adjust at all. You would think when you have a 5'7 goalkeeper, you would be sending balls into the area and making, creating jump balls for him. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. They kept trying to cross, cross, uh, you know, whipped in crosses towards the penalty spot. And when the River Plate backline weren't there to handle it, uh, their headers were to no avail because, well, Inzo Perez did not come off his line. He sat between the posts the entire night, and every header and every shot was directly at him, aside from the goal from Osorio in the 73rd. What a result. What an accomplishment for River Plate. I think even a Boca supporter that night would be would have got a little bit uh, touched by this by this performance from this gutsy, gutsy side, managed, of course, by the great Marcello Gallardo. Now, the 25th of May was the match day six, the final match day, and the two Colombian sides square off at the Estadio Bella Vista in Ambato, Ecuador, and they play to a nil-nil draw, while River Plate return home with more players available, but no doubt uh, worn down a bit with the you know, being in the knockout stage of the Copa de la Liga in Argentina. 
and being uh, just wiped out from having played with so few players for a while there, for a week. Um, they they didn't get it together that night, but they would lose. So they would lose despite already having qualified. It would be Fluminense going into Buenos Aires and winning 3-1. to Fluminense gets goals from Caio Nene and Iago Philippe, while Gerotti would get one for River Plate. Group E, and it is match day 5, the 18th of May. São Paulo at home at the Morumbi versus Racing. Racing travel to Brazil and take three points. Nobijo with a goal in the 28th minute for Racing, making it 1-0. That's how it would stay. Sporting Cristal one night later versus Rentistas at home in the Estadio Nacional in Lima. And Hoburg and Tavara and Tavara, excuse me, would score for the Peruvian side. Another victory for the Peruvians. 2-0 over the Uruguayans Rentistas. And that takes you to match day six, where São Paulo again at the Morumbi hosting Sporting Cristal. This time, the other tricolor <laughs> would would uh, take care of business without much of a problem. Bruno Alves, uh, João Rojas, and Vitor Bueno would get the goals for São Paulo, while Sporting Cristal would be left scoreless and a clean sheet for the. For the side from the Morombi. And in Argentina that night. Just an hour. Actually simultaneously. Chandale. Tomas Alejandro Chandale. Of Racing would get a hat trick. 14th, 50th and 69th minute. Racing beat Rentistas. And take all three points. Group F. It is match day five. And it's Nacional of Uruguay. Of Montevideo beating Universidad Católica one to nothing at the Gran Parque Central in Montevideo, and it would be a goal in the 29th minute from Brian Ocampo. Uh, two nights later, Argentinos Juniors would beat Atlético Nacional. The Colombians travel to Argentina, unable to pick up any points. A 90th minute final, you know, against the against the dying of the match. Goal from Emmanuel Herrera would be the difference at the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona in Buenos Aires. Argentinos Juniors take the three points in the final match. De Nacional would host Argentinos Juniors. And Nacional would win in the Gran Parque Central. Bergesio with the goal in the 73rd. Ocampo again in the 84th. While one hour earlier it kicked off in San Carlos de Aponquindo in Santiago, Chile. Or in the Estadio San Carlos de Aponquindo in Santiago, Chile. Universidad Católica gets goals from Ayud and from Valencia to win 2-0 over Atletico Nacional Group G. And Flamengo already cruising on their way to the round of 16. And they host Liga de Quito at the Maracana. Goals from Pedro and from Gustavo Enrique uh, were not enough to take home the three points as the Ecuadorian champions would get goals from Franklin Guerra and from Julio 
from from Johan Julio in the 60th, and it's a share of the spoils to each side. A little bit disappointing for Flamengo in this one. Meanwhile, in Argentina, at the Estadio Jose Amalfitani in Buenos Aires, Bales Sarsfield, 2-1 winners over Union La Salera. I had been mispronouncing that club's name since the beginning of this of this competition. I I apologize. I had been saying La Calera, but it is La Salera. Uh, La Salera's goal comes from Jason Vargas in the fifth minute, while Velez Sarsfield gets goals from Christian Tarragona in the second and from Thiago Almada. In the 39th, we move to the final match day again at the Maracanã. Again, a lackluster performance for Flamengo. However, they rotated their squad heavily. This match was sandwiched in between the two legs of the Carioca Championship final with Fluminense. And therefore, uh, a nil-nil result was all they were looking for that night. As neither Flamengo nor Belez Sarsfield get on the score sheet. While at the... At La Casa Blanca in Quito, Ecuador, Liga de Quito, 5-2 winners over Union La Calera, as it would be, Fer- it would be Matias Fernandez and Luis Amarilla and Billy Arce scoring for Liga de Quito, Amarilla and Arce with two apiece, while. Union La Calera's goals were scored by Jorge Sebastian Saez. I think I just mispronounced it again. It is pronounced La Calera, not La Salera. So it would be an S if it was Salera. My Spanish is getting very, very rusty. And I don't know if I just corrected myself a few moments ago or if I or if I said it incorrectly once again. But it is Union La Calera. From Chile. Okay, Group H, Athletic Mineiro. They are hosting Deportivo La Guaira at home. Uh, the the Venezuelan side travel to the Mineiro in Belo Horizonte, and it's goals from Savarino, Maroni, Hulk, and Nathan send the Brazilian side through with ease on the final match day, while Cerro Porteño get a goal from Enzo Jimenez to beat America de Cali. And that concludes the matches here and the review of the final two match days of the Copa Libertadores. Let's look at the table now. Starting in Group A, first place goes to Palmeiras, 15 points. They advance, as does Defensa y Justicia with 9. Independiente del Valle with 5 take third. They're going to the Copa Sudamericana. Al Universitario bow out in the group stage group B Inter Porto Alegre of Brazil group winners with 10 points second goes to Olimpia of Asuncion they have 9 points as we said the difference between them and Deportivo Tashira was goal was goal a difference they were slightly better and the Venezuelan side forced to settle for the Copa Sudamericana while the Bolivians always ready bounce out here in the group stage group C again maybe the most impressive or most surprising if you will uh, performance of the entire group stage goes to Barcelona SC or Barcelona Guayanquil 
of Ecuador. They got 13 points. They win the group. Boca Juniors are second on 10 points. Third goes to Santos as they bounce to the Copa Sudamericana, while the Bolivians, the strongest, bow out on goal difference. Group D, the winners are Fluminense, 11 points for the side from Rio de Janeiro, while Argentina's River Plate takes second with 9 points, so their objective was reached despite, despite losing 25 elements of their team, 25 members to COVID-19. Uh, third place, Junior Paranquilla. They go to Copa Sudamericana. Santa Fe bows out with only three points. Group E, it's Racing winning the group on 14 points. São Paulo coming in second on 11. While the Peruvian Sporting Cristal pick up four points and they edge Rentistas by a single point to go to Copa Sudamericana. While in Group F, Argentinos Juniors are the winners of the group. They have 12 points. Second goes to Universidad Católica of Chile with 9. Nacional of Montevideo with 8. They go to the, they go to the Copa Sudamericana. While Atlético Nacional of Colombia are eliminated outright. Group G, it's Flamengo winning the group on 12 points. They won their first three matches but drew the second three. Vélez Sarsfield takes second on 10 points, Liga de Quito are third. They're going to the Sudamericana. And Union La Calera out with only two points. Group H, Atletic Mineiro, the winners, 16 points. One of the highest, point, if not the highest point totals in the entire group stage. Uh, they obviously advance, and I believe they are the top seed in the round of 16. Cerro Porteño are second on 10 points, while America de Cali get the Sudamericana spot, La Guaira are eliminated with three points. Okay, let's take a look here at the knockout stage then. And here are the matchups for the round of 16. Um, the draw was done earlier this week. And here we have the round of 16 in order. So the first matchup is Defensa y Justicia versus Flamengo. This is an exciting, exciting matchup. While the winner of this will advance to take on the winner of Olimpia and Internacional. So already the opportunity for an all-Brazilian quarterfinal here. As the two rivals, Flamengo and Internacional, battled it out for the Brasileiro title last season. Coming down to the final day. However, don't count out Olympia or Defensa y Justicia at this point. Both of them are very capable, and upsets happen all the time in this competition. The next round of 16 matches the Paraguayan side, Cerro Porteño, taking on Fluminense, and they match up. The winner there will take on the winner of Belez Sarsfield and Barcelona Guayanquil. A very, very interesting prospect there of perhaps a quarterfinal matchup without any teams from Brazil. This is uh, probably not going to happen as there are Brazilian teams in, in every bracket. So it is set up so that there is a Brazilian team it, it matched up in virtually every quarterfinal unless they don't win, of course. Uh, but here is, a, here is an opportunity, maybe the, the closest it's going to get in the competition to having a quarterfinal tie without a single Brazilian team. 
Boca Juniors take on Atlético Mineiro. This is going to be a very, very good matchup. I'm very excited for this one. These matches, of course, will take place later. And uh, the first legs will take place between the 13th and 15th of July. So we got some time until this happens. And the winner of this tie, I, I kind of teased this earlier, they'll take on the winner of River Plate and Argentinos Juniors. And that means there is the very, very good possibility that we get the Argentine Super Clasico in the quarterfinals. Yes, I'm not gonna be, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna comb this over. I want to see that matchup anytime I can. So I am looking forward to seeing a Super Clasico in the quarterfinals of this competition. Universidad Católica take on the defending champions Palmeiras. And the winner of that tie will take on the winner of Sao Paulo and Racing. That is the where it matches up. That is the round of 16. And that's where we stand with the Copa Libertadores. I'm going to take a short break now. Um, re-catch my breath. <laughs> Sorry, re-catch my voice a little bit. And when we come back, we're going to Copa Sudamericana here on the Parking the Bus podcast. This is episode 39 here on the PTB Media Network. Don't forget, follow on Twitter and on Instagram at PTB underscore media. And check out the homepage www.parkingthebusmedia.com. The PTB Media Network is your home for in-depth English language coverage analysis and opinion on all things involving the biggest club in Portugal. That's right. Mr. Benfica comes to you every week with in-depth reviews of matches of the men's and women's football teams at Benfica, plus updates on the club's other sports such as futsal, basketball, rink hockey, volleyball, and team handball. If you haven't yet, Please subscribe to Mr. Befica wherever you get your podcasts or listen at www.mrbefica.com. And of course, follow Mr. Befica on Twitter at Befica Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Befica. Welcome back to episode 39 of Parking the Bus. I'm your host, Mr. Mike Agustinho. Let's move now to the Copa Sudamericana. And let's see how this is going. Group stage also complete in this competition. We will start off, of course, in Group A. All right, we will look at match day six for the Copa Sudamericana. And we get... Started in Banfield in Argentina. It is Rosario Central taking on 12 de Octubre of Paraguay. And nothing to report. Nil-nil is the result on the 26th of May for Rosario Central and 12 de Octubre. On the same night in Viña del Mar, Chile, it is... Huachipato taking on San Lorenzo. Maybe some of my favorite fans in the world of football are the San Lorenzo supporters. You have to YouTube their their supporters. They are absolutely phenomenal. And they were definitely singing Despacito on this night as the Cyclone win 3-0 on the road in Chile. Goals from... 
Nicolas Fernandez in the 10th and 32nd minute, and then a third insurance goal added by Luis Sequeira in the 54th. All three points go to, they all go back to El Boado, Boedo in Argentina, in, in Buenos Aires, Argentina. So that closes out a Group A. We move to Group B. And we have Independiente hosting Guaybira in the Estadio Libertadores de América in Avagineda in Argentina. And the goal scored by Silvio Romero puts Independiente ahead 1-0 in the 83rd minute. And they would see the result out. Three points for the Reds from Buenos Aires. And the Argentine side securing their future and securing top spot in the group and advancing to the round of 16. The other match in the group, it was the Brazilian side, Bahia, dropping a home match at the Estadio do Pituachu, Pituasu, excuse me, in Salvador. And it is Tony Anderson in the second minute. But then Montevideo City Torque will level in the 25th from the foot of Pizzicillo. It's 1-1. In the 39th, Scotto will make it 2-1 to the visitors. While in the 47th, Nino Paraiba scores for Bahia. It's 2-2. But in the final quarter of an hour, it is the side from Uruguay. Montevideo City Torque. A goal from... Marcelo uh, Allende in the 77th minute and then closing it out in the 90th plus 2 it's Emmanuel Guzman and the Uruguayan side take 3 points but again in Copa Sudamericana only the first place team will advance and that is Independiente in this group Group C and you have Jorge Wilsterman hosting Sierra the Brazilians travel to Bolivia, and Jorge Wilsterman take the three points in this one. They get a goal in the 74th minute from Patio, Patito Ra, uh, Rodriguez. And for Wilsterman, that is small consolation as they finish bottom of the table. The other match in the group on the 27th of May, it was Arsenal Sara, Sarandi taking on Bolivar, another uh, Bolivian side and Albertengo and Sepulveda with goals two for Albertengo and Arsenal beat Bolivar three to one. Bolivian side gets their goal from Quinteros and it is Arsenal winning the group with 11 points and moving on. Group D, Atlético Paranaense coached by Tony Oliveira. The young Portuguese manager picks up another uh, big result in continental play, in Comnibol play. It's, Ar it's Atlético Paranaense for Ayucas of Ecuador. Nil goals for the Brazilian side by Christian Cordozo, Abner, Abner, San uh, Abner Santos, Vitinho, and Carlos Eduardo. So, three points for Atletico Paranaense. In the other match in the group, Melgar of, of Peru playing in the Estadio Monumental in Lima. Draw nil-nil with the Venezuelan side Metropolitanos of Caracas, Venezuela. 
And yes, it is Atlético Paranaense advancing with 15 points from six matches in Group E. The Brazilian side, Corinthians, one of the giants of Brazil, really don't belong in this competition. They belong in the Libertadores, but this is where they fell this season. They get, uh, they get River Plate of Paraguay and uh, goals for Corinthians from Ramiro, the Timao as they are known in Brazil. Ramiro has two in the 22nd and 59th, while Joe and Vital add goals in between those two. In the double for Hamidu. So Joe in the 29th and Vital in the 34th. 4 0 to Corinthians. While in the Monumental in Lima, it was Sport Juan Cayo. Nil Peñarol. Nil. The final table shows Peñarol, the, the Uruguayan side, the historic Uruguayan side, edging Corinthians and River Plate by three points to earn their spot in the round of 16. Group F. It is Newell's Old Boys hosting Atlético Goianense at the Estadio Marcelo Bielsa in Rosario. That's right. Marcelo Bielsa, the current Leeds United manager, has a stadium named after him in his hometown in Rosario from his boyhood club Newell's. And Newell's hosting Atlético Goianense, as I said, of Brazil. Gianni with the goal for Newell's in the 54th. And then Danilo levels for Atletico Goianese. And that one finishes 1-1. A share of the spoils. While in Chile at the Estadio El Teniente in Rancagua. You have Palestino taking on Libertad. And the Paraguayan side Libertad come away with the victory on the road. But first they would fall behind to Palestino. As Benitez would put the Chileans ahead in the 44th, in the 54th minute. A goal from the penalty spot for Baez. That is, of course, Cristian Baez as he makes it 1-1. Libertad get their winner in the 73rd minute from the boot of Hugo Martinez. And it is the Paraguayan side winning the group with 13 points and advancing in the competition. Group G, another very good group, very close. And on the final night of the competition of the group stage, at the Stadio George Capwell in Guayanquil, it is one of the big, the current league leaders in Ecuador. It's Imelec hosting the Argentine side, Tajeres. And a bit of a shock result here, especially by the margin for which it was attained. It is the home side, Emelec with one, and the Argentines, Tajeres, four. The Argentines go ahead early in the 13th minute, thanks to Enzo Hernandez. And then Carlos Ayuzuki would make it 2-0 in the 24th. Angelo Martino in the 38th makes it 3-0 before Sebastian Rodriguez draws one back for Imelec, making it 3-1. And in the end, the insurance goal from Tajeres' Argentinian center back, Juan Comar, makes a 4-1. And Tajeres take all three points home with them from Ecuador. And the other match played at the Estadio Polideportivo de Pueblo. 
Nuevo in San Cristobal, Venezuela. It's the Colombian side, as we know, the Colombians not playing on their own soil in this edition of either the Copa Sudamericana or the Copa Libertadores. Deportes Tolima play, playing this home game in Venezuela. They're visited by Red Bull Braganchino of Brazil. And it would be the Colombian side taking the lead early from a goal in the 37th minute from Juan Fernando Caicedo. And then in the 44th, 41st, excuse me, four minutes later, Italo of Red Bull Braganchino would level. And in the second half, 10 minutes from time, it is Lucas Evangelista, the former family cow man, uh, currently on loan at Red Bull Braganchino from French side Nantes. He scores in the 80th and he puts the Brazilian side ahead. And that would be the difference in the competition and in the group in this season's edition. As with Emelec losing and Red Bull Braganchino winning on the final day. It is the side from Braganza Paulista advancing to the round of 16. What a story. I know a lot of people don't like the Red Bull model. And the way they put different clubs in different... Or they put clubs in different countries or purchase clubs in different countries. But uh, this side, this Braganchino side, promoted in 2019. In 2020, they did enough to qualify for the Copa Sudamericana. And now they win their group and advance to the round of 16, the knockout stage of this Sudamericana. I am expecting, I am expecting this Braganchino side to make a difference in this upcoming edition of the Brasileiro. Moving on to Group H and a group that was won by quite a ways. It is Gremio winning with 16 points. They finish out with a nil-nil draw against La Equidad in Ecuador. The Colombian side playing at the Estadio Bella Vista. While Lanús, the Argentines host Aragua of Venezuela. That one also finishes nil-nil. And that is the end of the group. So let's go through the table one last time here in Copa Sudamericana before we look at the matchups for the round of 16. Group A goes to Rosario Central, 11 points. They advance Huachipato, second on eight. San Lorenzo are third on seven points, while Doce de Octubre finish fourth with six. Group B. Independiente winning the group with 14 points. Three better than Montevideo City Torque. Bahia third with eight. And Guabira with zero. Losing all six matches for the Venezuelan side. Group C. Arsenal with 11 points win the group. Sierra two back. Bolivar and Wilsterman are third and fourth respectively moving to group d it's athletic paranaense as we said 15 points five wins one defeat eight goals scored only one allowed can you tell they have a portuguese manager when they only allow one goal in six matches in this competition melgar finish in second with 10 points ayucas are third with six and metropolitano with four 
Group E, Peñarol, the Uruguayan Giants win the group with 13 points. Corinthians second with 10. River Plate also on 10. And Sport Juan Cayo with 1 point. Group F, it is Libertad winning it with 13 points. Atletico Goianes with 10. Newells with 8. And Palestino with 1. Group G belongs, as we just said, to Red Bull Bragancino. They have 12 points, two better than Emelec. It came down to the final match day. And it, it's interestingly enough, Red Bull Bragantino losing the first three matches. They looked dead in the water. And then they win the... They, uh, sorry, they, they lose two of the first three matches. Uh, hit match day four with only three points. And then... Win the final three matches to win the group with 12. Imelec second with 10. Tajeres with 8. And Tolima with 3. Group H, it is Gremio. One of the dominant sides in this competition. Five victories and a draw. 16 points. Taking the top seed into the knockout stage. 21 goals for 5 against for the side from Porto Alegre in Brazil. Lanús were second with 10 points. La Equidad are third with seven in Aragua last with one point. Okay, so here we go now. We have the knockout stage ready. And here are the matchups for the round of 16 in the Copa Sudamericana for 2021. And Nacional and Peñarol drawn together. It is the Super Derby of Montevideo. The two arch rivals meeting in the round of 16 in this competition with the winner advancing to face the winner of Sporting Cristal and Arsenal Sarandi. Sarandi. Uh, America de Cali will face Atlético Paranaense, while the winner of that will meet up with Liga de Quito from, from the Copa Libertadores and Gremio. The top seed of the competition. Uh, so a very a good possibility that you get an all-Brazil quarterfinal. Although Liga de Quito are also very strong. So don't count them out. Grim, you remember, were eliminated from Copa Libertadores by Ecuadorian opposition. They were eliminated by Independiente del Valle. And now they face more Ecuadorian opposition. And speaking of Independiente del Valle. They're matched up with Red Bull Bragancino in the round of 16. And this is a matchup I'm going to be very much looking forward to. Uh, two teams I like very much. And I'm I'm disappointed that they got drawn together so early in the competition. I think both of them have a chance to get to the very late stages of this tournament. In the winner of that matchup between those two teams will take on the winner of Deportivo Táchira and Rosario Central as Deportivo Táchira flying the flag for Venezuela for all of Venezuela right now they're the only team left in the Vene in either competition from Venezuela while Rosario Central are looking to advance and to put themselves in the later stages as well Santos vs. Independiente is another mouthwatering matchup as there's definitely quality in the Santos side. Yes, they've lost some talent. Yes, they've lost their manager. Uh, Cuca has moved on to, to Atletico Mineiro. However, 
However, there is still a lot of quality there, and it's a it's a unfortunate draw for Independiente of Argentina as they had a very good group stage, and their reward is the Copa Libertadores finalist of last year, Santos. And the final round of 16 matchup is Unior Barranquilla of Colombia coming into the competition by way of Copa Libertadores. And they're going to take on the Peruguayan side, Libertad. First legs also will take place between the 14th and 15th of July. So it matches up this way. Nacional will play at home first against Peñarol. Independiente del Valle at home against Red Bull Braganchino. Santos at home against Independiente, while America de Cali are home to Atlético Paranaense, uh, Liga de Quito, LDU home to Gremio, Junior Barranquilla home to Libertad, wherever home is going to be in July, Deportivo Tachira home to Rosario Central, and Sporting Cristal at home to Arsenal. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, my friends, that does it for this episode 39. This has been Parking the Bus. I hope you have enjoyed this walk through the South American Continental Championships, both the Copa Libertadores and the Copa Sudamericana. We have the matchup set for the knockout stages. We got about a month off. We got Copa America. We got World Cup qualifiers in between, plus... We're going to crown champions in a couple countries as well. And we also have uh, domestic competitions starting up in other countries. Lots of action to talk about in South America in the next month. So stay tuned here to the Park in the Bus podcast. I'll keep bringing it to you. As you know, the next month will be crazy and they will be very, very Eurocentric as I will be looking at the Euros um, and spending the majority of the time on it. But I will not completely neglect anything else uh, as we continue to move through 2021. We're halfway there. We are in month number six and this year is going by and fortunately we still have football if nothing else even without crowds in south america we still have football to watch all right coming up your way tomorrow okay tomorrow will be a roundup of the brasileirão 2021 round one the first match day of the season from last weekend i'll i will review the 10 matchups and recap at least most of them or or the key ones and get you ready for this week's coming action. Actually, um, as the round round two of the Brasileirão kicks off on Saturday. So that's coming your way tomorrow. Uh, this weekend, I have a review of the Liga MX Liguilla, La Gran Final of the Guardianas 2021, as well as a recap of the CONCACAF Nations League, which is going on as I'm recording I have the USA versus Honduras up on my other screen here, courtesy of CBS Sports and the, the United States struggling, absolutely struggling here against Honduras and very disappointing and it seems to be much more of the same from Greg Berhalter and from maybe this team that is a little bit too young. Uh, I'll get into that. I haven't talked U.S. soccer in a while, so when we get to that episode... I will give my opinion on the state of the game here in the United States of America. Plus, we've got Euro under 21 action to talk about in the coming days or in the coming week at least. 
the final is now set in the Euro U21 Championship. My boys, Portugal, have advanced. They've beaten Spain. They've beaten Nuestros Hermanos. Uh, something that is always a cause for joy for us. And we're going to take on Germany on Sunday. And, of course, like I said, there's also South American World Cup qualifying to review in the next week or so. So lots and lots of content coming your way. Don't forget, of course, also to follow Mr. Benfica, my other project. That's at Benfica Mr. on Twitter, and that's at www.mrbenfica.com. All right, that's going to do it. Thank you for bearing with me this long. I will talk to you again soon here on the Parking the Bus. This has been Episode 39. Mr. Mike Agustinho signing off.